Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Cheryl Spellman, and welcome to The Love Code. Thank you for joining me. You know, this is such an amazing podcast because I have the opportunity to have conversations with such inspiring people on their spiritual path. And sometimes the conversations are with spiritual teachers of all different denominations and faiths, and sometimes it's with people who've had profound spiritual experiences, sometimes with people who are doing amazing healing work and just discovering the infinite potential that we all possess. And uh, today is no different. We have a great conversation in store. Um, I just want to say that our journey in this lifetime really is to expand the perception of the limited self that we so often in this third dimensional world occupy. But that's not really who we are. And the spiritual journey for me is an experience of this unfolding of greater and greater sense of connection to the infinite powers of life, of the source, uh, truly, truly exploring the infinite possibilities that we all possess to create what we want, to overcome any challenge and move into a greater experience of that power as uh, as we connect to the the source energy to bring into into this reality whatever we choose, whatever is going to support us, to support our spiritual mission and to bring us to greater connection with love. So that may sound a little I don't know, airy fairy or whatever, but that has been my experience and that is what really moves me every day to further that uh, the shift of frequency within myself. So that's what this show is about and uh, every week I trust it will uplift you and support you in expanding those frequencies. So today is really um, part of a conversation that I had uh, that was played on, uh, this was past Thursday on my What Women Must Know show, but I was so inspired by my guest, I asked her to come back and do part two, which is on the love code. So if you'd like to get part one, which I really recommend you do, you just have to uh, look at the archive show from last Thursday. And um, my guest today is uh, an amazing woman named Terra She actually is calling in directly from Moscow, Russia. And um, we're going to be talking about the power of your voice for spiritual awakening. Um, and I just want to give you a little brief overview of this uh, wonderful guest. And I, I want to begin with a quote from a three-time Grammy-winning music producer named Tom Wackinger. And he says, he's quoted as saying, in 35 years in music, I never worked with a vocalist equal to Paraquois. And to learn a little bit more about who she is, I will share with you that pouring silence into sound, Paraquois' voice has a power to stop time and open the floodgates of the mystery. She is a composer and lyricist expressing the passionate journey of being fully human, longing for the source of love for total awakening. 
originally jazz trained, later integrating Native American, Indian classical, Middle Eastern, and electronic flavors in her ear-watering blend, being constantly branded as the voice of the sacred feminine, the voice of the Mother Earth. Paraquaz express, expresses the very feminine soul of sound, pouring the globe in 1997, she is a light shining the way, and Paraquat is the creator of such deep practices as vocal yoga, vocal tantra, and emotional cleansing that have become a foundation of her potent workshops. And she, she has actually performed to thousands and thousands and thousands of people um, around the world, particularly in um, Eastern Europe and in Russia, but I know she's traveled to other countries as well. So we are in for an amazing conversation, and I'm just so honored to be able to uh, have this conversation with Paraquat today. So Paraquat, hello, and uh, greetings from Australia to you in Russia. <laughs> hello, Joe. I love the reverse situation because I'm from Australia, <laughs> and you're in my country calling me. <laughs> That's wonderful. I know. It's, it's a crazy time, small world, I always it, like to it, say. It is. Um, you know, uh, our previous conversation the other day was uh, just so, you know, transforming for me. And uh, you, as you shared your journey of this, this amazing awakening experience, this very unique journey you've had in your life as you mm. discovered and continue to discover this spiritual purpose and the spiritual mention of your being. So um, I, I was so, you know, intrigued by the journey you've been on and the amazing and unique work you're doing. I wanted you to come back and I want us to talk about the the power of the voice, the power of sound, what you have been able to, the unique gifts you've been able to bring into the world and what that means and, and, and why it's such a power. And I have to say, um, when I listen to your videos, and I will, um, in my show notes, put some links to some of the YouTubes that you've done. Um, but your Wonderful. work is, it, it always feels so deeply primal and moving. You know, I, I've um, well, um, just finished a cycle of my life, you might say, where I've spent six years doing a lot of plant medicine in Peru and Costa Rica with ayahuasca. And um, ayahuasca, even though I've been on this spiritual path for a long, long, long time, it was working with ayahuasca, working with this plant medicine, working with the mother Aya, the, 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 the energy, the being that you access through this medicine that so deeply connects you to the earth that it really awakened in me this profound connection that we have to the earth and to nature, that we are nature. It was, it, it was just, it was so deep for me having that experience, which has changed my, you know, just I, I live differently now, you know, I live differently now. Yeah. And when I listen mm. to the work you've done and your performances and that tribal, earthy, um, ancient feminine calling, it just brings me back to that experience, I have to say. 
So it's very mm-hmm. moving for me. Like there's a frequency, there's an energy that just touches deeply into your soul, that a yearning in a sense, I, I would say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I totally understand uh, what you're saying. And actually, uh, sometimes we joke and say that the, the voice when people come into concert it's like they're going to go on an ayahuasca trip, <laughs> but not mm-hmm. fun to do it, but needed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, um, there were times when I was in that medicine and in that energy, and there was live music, so it was very primal because it was yeah. drums and it, yeah. you know, just a, a lot of different drums or flutes, you know, traditional music, mm-hmm. and you just you just wanted to get up, you just wanted to move the body. And you just wanted mm. to sing and just open to these energies, which uh, allowed me to um, uh, just, it was so joyful. It was just filled with, um, you know, this power of dance and ceremony and sad mm. in a way because we don't do it every day in our life like so many other cultures do. But I saw that when mm. we do that, we actually are out of our thinking brain and we're into the mm. body and into the moment and into the sound that moves us. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a totally different experience than most of us have on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It, it's very, very true. And yet, you know, like anything, when we move too extremely into the other realms, into the expanded states, we can also fall way out of balance and out of connection with uh, with the daily life. So, you know, it's it's an important pathway and an important experience to be able to access through sound, through your voice, through your dance uh, daily. But um, not, you know, one thing I've found with the plant spirit is a little bit with working with a lot of people is that when there's too much plant spirit involved, um, it can distort the connection with reality for quite some time because you're consistently uh, taking a toxin, you know, into the body and blowing the pathways, you know, the neural pathways of the brain with such a power. And uh, I, I really chose, uh, I guess I didn't choose it, but I was guided into a very different pathway with perhaps the same result, you know. And... Uh, because I work more essentially with women, at least in the last, say, 27 years, um, because originally I was working with men and women, but I would say that there's a pathway with the voice, with sound, uh, with the body, with um, opening the body into these greater states of who we really are, into this expanded or your big inner woman. That's how I often refer to this big-natured woman who is outside of time, she's very, very wise, she loves, she knows, she trusts, she feels, you know, she's very, very timeless. And uh, we have access to that in our womanly body because we have a, a life path and a channel and an opening in the body that can open very directly to that unified life source. And it's because we have a vagina, basically put, you know, because I, I call it yoni because I, I find it's a, a much more beautiful word and it comes from the Sanskrit uh, Vedic text. So um, when the yoni is activated and opened with this connection to breath, to earth, 
frequency to the earth's vibration and it's a conscious connection because that's the kind of connection you make with the plant spirits, a conscience linking in it. It's something a little bit like, I think the way it's been depicted in the modern world is through uh, something like the Avatar movie where you know the character puts his tail into yeah. uh, into the tree of life and boom, you know, there's this explosion of consciousness and connection and and eternal nature and love, you know, flowing through the body and our our journey and our life channel is built for this type of connection. So of course we're only taught to use it with a man, but the truth is when we are taught how to open this with a lot of love, breath, sound is fundamental in this, then we can have this same experience of this opening, this incredible connection, this enormous flow of love. It's almost orgasmic and it's joyous as you express, you know. So it's a different pathway that, uh, you know, that I'm leading women into to experience their their full nature, that big inner woman who is unified, you know, with that great masculine principle, unified with their body, unified with their soul, unified with the bigger inner cosmos. Yes, uh, you know that's obvious that that's you know such a um, a direction that you that you are working with in this community of women and you know um, I wanted to talk about your voice and unique quality of your voice and how you use your voice for healing. But before that, um, having talked about yoni and I know you studied in India, um, maybe you can help explain from that classical ancient Indian wisdom, the nature of these um, these forces of the feminine, when we talk about reconnecting to the feminine, when we talk about reconnecting to the yoni, this, this you know, receiver of life, when, when we talk about these archetypal energies that are manifest in, in men and women, um, you know, how would you explain it? How, how would you explain the journey we are on, what we have, forgotten and what we are reconnecting with now as women. I mean, I, I wouldn't say that my direct experience of this understanding is so much through the Indian uh, Vedic pathway. You know, that was later, that came later for me after the realization of this energy in my body. But it was like another story or another way or another archetype, as you put it, to be able to explain uh, this this ancient connection. And it's a very present connection. Or let's say it's the total potential of what a woman is really here for. And that is the total embodiment of the feminine principle. And how does the feminine principle start? Well, if we if we look at where and what she is, there's the great primordial blackness, the great, and, and that in many cultures, including India and Indian and Native American and many Aboriginal, there's a great cosmic mother and she's the primordial blackness, the primordial womb from where life comes. And exploding into that blackness comes that masculine principle of light. And it 
you know, we're talking about real cosmos here, where if we look in our own cosmos, we see how the sun is pouring light through this cosmos. And wherever, and through our, of course, you know, our, our um, solar system, and wherever that light touches, it, it brings light, it can bring life when there is the presence of a feminine principle. So it's very, very clear that we live on a planet that absorbs that light. And when she absorbs it, what happens? Life grows on her body in billions of different forms. So the light opens her body. And it's the same principle really in the body of man and woman. So it's that old principle of micro-macro you know, what we see uh, on the outer world is also what we see on the inner world. And so for a woman who has a woman's body, she is the flow and the embodiment of that rising feminine energy. So our planet is filled with life force, filled with creative energy. She drinks that energy from the sun and uh, it gives her infinite power to create because we know what happens when the planet's totally in darkness, you know, and there's old history about that when when everything goes to rest and dies and there's not life here. But when that masculine principle comes, she sucks it in and that masculine principle is that life force. And we have uh, a reflective um let's say, doorway, and when I say it's reflective in our body, I mean that it reflects again what's happening in the cosmos. So in the cosmos, we have these black holes, right? And they suck life force in, but nobody knows what happens on the other side. <laughs> but they are right. portals or, uh, or spinning black holes. And, and a woman's body is like that. She sucks that life force in. And uh, and then she transforms it. If you look at the way she's built, she has a cosmic womb inside of her, which is a physical womb, um, because it's always mirroring the formless body and the form. And so, in other words, the structure of the body and the body you cannot see, you know. And there's a point where the form and the formless meet. This is the point of union, the point of connection, the point where light meets darkness. It's the point of creation. And it's also the point where life leaves the the body. So it's a very interesting thing that we are built with this womanly womb to be able to take that light in through, obviously, you know, we're speaking as a mirror here of how life works, of the of the sperm, of the semen, she takes that light in and then she creates a spin inside of her and she starts to form, divide cells, etc. and create life. And so this is woman's ultimate um, principle and naturally, because this is a very natural part of the feminine principle, is that she is this energy of nurturing so whatever she gives life to, she nurtures it. And she nurtures it with love. And um, and so this is our whole purpose here as a woman, is to create life that we nurture here with love. And our body is built from this principle of all the minerals of the earth, of all the light of the, you know, of the cosmos, and it's constantly forming, cleaning, building new structures, building new cells, building 
thought forms that we then manifest into what we think of as as daily life, you know. And the very bridge, I would say, that's built, it's a, it's a brilliant mechanism, the very bridge that that starts to bring consciousness, that point of connection between form and formless is the voice, is the vibration that has been built from her consciousness, from her soul, from her physical body-taking structure. She's been given vocal cords that also mirror the shape of the yoni, of the vagina. And so when those uh, folds are vibrating with, uh, from breath, uh, with life force, she starts to produce this vibration that is uniquely hers. And it is the vibration of the soul coming through the body or the light coming through the body or the intention of life coming through the body and it vibrates and she manifests her life with sound, just as the cosmos does the same. So if we look into the, again into the Indian classical perspective, they recognize, the Vedas recognize that in the cosmos, in the silence, there is a vibration of Om. And it's this vibration that is the first vibration that is a, is the vibration of life, of sound, of the birth from formlessness into something, into a form, into a body, into a planet, into a star, into a, I don't know, a blade of grass. You know? So we're built in order to express this possibility of life and that our voice is absolutely fundamental which is why every human being is going to create a uniquely or different life from every other human being because your voice is the embodiment of that particular union of your experience of your soul through this particular body. So your voice is your bridge and the ultimate healing uh, tool that we have to bring this union about, in other words, to fall in love with that unified source, the dark, the light, he, she. Your voice is the way in which we restore this kind of forgotten state that happens through life experience and the traumas of uh, being human. Well, that's really um, a, a very profound um, overview and perspective of this deep mystery of life. You know, which mm. is, you know, sound is so primordial in yeah. in it being an expression of frequency, you know, and, yes. um, yeah. you know, this, this this interest in music and frequencies and this mythology of frequencies, which are frequencies that are the frequencies that are known to be the frequencies that create life and um, consciousness. It's, 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 a, it's a fascinating <laughs> fascinating topic, I have to say. So you, you, you were gifted with a talent to sing, and you were trained as a jazz musician, and then mm-hmm. that path you discovered early in life was not really your destiny to be a you know, well-known jazz musician. You were, mm-hmm. you were guided to use your voice and the healing and this, the upliftment from the, from the gift of your voice in a new way. 
And I want mm-hmm. to, um, I would like you to share this. You have a very unique gift um, that has presented itself. It's like you've opened this channel. And mm-hmm. um, and I, I gather from looking at your bio, there was an event. You always had this ability to sing and use your voice for healing, but something happened at a moment in time and in an experience in a concert, I guess, you gave or a meditation. Something happened that transformed that amazing voice you had to something extraordinary. Can, can you share what that was? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, at this point in my life, uh, I think I was maybe three or four years into um, – Having left my jazz career and having married my my sec my first husband who was a, a Native American shaman, so I'd spent a lot of time kind of how to say what you expressed earlier is the best reference point. You know, with the ayahuasca, with the with the crossing into states of consciousness where I'm using the voice in ceremonies to help switch on people, help wake them up, help to build health in the body and this this was a very intuitive way of singing when the body's in an extreme state you know where you're in very hot uh, ceremonial space with a lot of hot rocks and water and you know the body's way open and it's in an extreme state um, and uh, but then something happened for me some years into that training and uh I was just standing on the side of a of a of a hill, I guess. Actually, strangely enough, it's in the area where you are right now. I was up on the side of a, a hill there, and I was praying, which I did every morning. Uh, I carried in the native tradition, it's called being a pipe carrier, where you pray every morning over a big long pipe <laughs> for people, for the earth, you know. And I always sang a song uh, along with this to to celebrate the sun to thank the sun for you know opening the way of the day and for nurturing us and i was singing this song after this uh this prayer and suddenly my voice split into two and i could hear that there was a second voice singing so of course i looked around because i thought oh maybe one of my my sisters was on the side of the mountain or friends singing along they knew the song too and no, there was nobody else there, and I suddenly realized that there were two voices being produced out of my throat. So it's something along the lines of when somebody sings something and there's a harmony singer, you know, and you've got uh, the original melody and the harmony note above it. And I was, I was like, wow, is that real? So I went back home, and I sang this voice to my sisters, and I said, do you hear it, or am I making it up in my head? <laughs> I said, yes, 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 we hear it. So it was just something that happened very lovingly, very intuitively as I was really opening my heart to the sun. And uh, I was so excited. So I, I got my um, my friends to lay down and I started to sing over them and their bodies were starting to shake and different things were happening. And I, I rang my husband who was at the, at the time I was, I was in Australia, he was in uh, New Mexico. And I said, this is what's happened to me. Listen to this and la, la, la. And I was expecting some really positive response from him. And he said to me, Peru, I forbid you to use that voice. And I was shocked. 
And I said, why? I wasn't the most compliant student either. I said, why would you do that to me? And he said, Peru, you're not ready to use that power. And this earth is not ready for that power. So don't you dare use that voice. And I was devastated. (laughs) You weren't expecting that. No, I was not. And I was about 20, I don't know, 26, 27 at the time. Well, you know, I continued on my pathway of singing, of composing, of performing, of you know, workshopping, etc. But I didn't use that voice in those situations. And uh, my meditation practice was going deeper and deeper and deeper over the years. And then in my meditation practice, I, I came out of meditation one day, and then I started to sing, and that was that voice again. And it was even more powerful. And I started to just explore it after each meditation I did in the mornings. And then something very, very strange happened to me. A dear friend of mine who was, uh, if, you, if, you, if your audience gets to watch some of my videos, like she, uh, goddess of love, uh, there's various different videos there that this man was the maker of and we made these videos actually a lot of them in India some in Bali and uh, this man had done a lot of ceremonies and also psychotropic drugs and one day he came to me and he said Peru I'm really not in good shape he had stressed his like he'd overfired his synapses his neurons so much that he'd become very, very unstable in his being. But more than that, he had exposed himself to um, perhaps entities that said, okay, great, he's a feast for us, you know. And I'm talking about demonic energies. And he came to me and he said, I'm really not myself anymore, you know. I don't know what to do. And I said, come and work with me and we'll, we'll work on you. I mean, work with me was like, come and do some videography. Nobody would work with him. He'd almost destroyed his life at this stage and his wife was desperately trying to help him. Well, we agreed to work together and the next day he called me but I didn't catch the call. And in the, after that call, five minutes later, he jumped off a building and suicided. It was such a shock, as you can imagine. I mean, it was devastating. And... Uh, his wife called me and she said, Peru, I know he's really in trouble. I'm, you know, even though he was dead, I, she said, I know he's in trouble. I said, yes, I know. So we went into, me and my husband just went into deep meditation. And the next thing that happened was very miraculous. This voice opened up in me. And I reached into, uh, it's a very hard thing to explain, but I reached into the mystery and I, I found him and his soul. And he was very deeply distressed. And I used this vibration to split this entity out of him and restore him and free him. And uh, it was so powerful. And his wife called me immediately after and said, I don't know what happened, but it's total peace. And I felt it. My husband felt it. So this was kind of the initiation that I went through. And just to put it in context a little bit, my first husband was an exorcist. So I had been in many uh, rituals where demons had been taken out of people. So I knew this energy very, very well. And um, then I started to understand how to use this voice, not just to take demons out of people, of course, but to um, help people 
to unify and to restore the connection, those broken links with the soul, with the body. So then I started to um, think, okay, well, I can bring this out of my own practice room onto the stage. And I started composing special soundtracks using this voice to open up uh, the body specific centers, like I made a soundtrack for the heart, just using these voices. I would layer these voices with many, many uh, overtones in the voice. Or it would be just one single voice, but there would be a lot of overtones uh, flowing through them. And it would be to activate the womb. Or for high practice, for people like yourself who've you know, kind of been through a lot of meditation, ayahuasca world, through high practice opening high centers like the third eye, pineal gland, Crown reconnecting to the soul. I started to design soundtracks, record soundtracks for this type of thing, and then I I brought it to the stage. And we the first event that uh, we created in this particular style was we we rented the largest, second largest, I think it was, planeta- uh, planetarium in the world because we thought, wow, what if people could lay back and watch the cosmos? and go into meditation from that place as my voice was singing their body open. And so we had a lot of celebrities there and things, and we had a, a different um, methods of testing the effect before and after the vibrational effect of, of the voice on the, the participant's body. So we had by resonance, we had auric field testers, uh, we had medical doctors, you know, with pulse therapy, different approaches to um, heart resonance. We had different approaches to measuring the condition of people's bodies before and after. And the transformation that people went through was extremely well documented. Um, you know, people who had holes in their auras came out with a very, very bright and wholesome auric field people who had uh, conditions even chronic in their body came out and it was as though they had gone through um, like a full night's sleep. The blood had totally restored itself after a very deep night's sleep and the blood state of the blood had become much, much uh, more healthy. So there were all kinds of levels of effects of uh, this type of testing on our first event, and that was in 2018 in in Moscow. Well, what an extraordinary experience to, uh, you know, to do it in this amazing planetarium, you know, where you're right there in the cosmos, <laughs> and yeah. the sound, then, and being assessed, having to, to, to actually have some empirical evidence to see mm what yeah. occurred and you were exposed to that experience, that total experience. It was, you know, auditory, visual, the whole thing. Absolutely. Well, see, that was the first stepping stone for me because, you know, for maybe 15 years before that, people had been calling me the voice of Mother Earth, etc., as you mentioned earlier, but there was no scientific evidence of that. You know, it was what people experienced experiencing in the room, you know, where they would have uh, big uh, connections in their bodies or uh, people would be going to orgasmic states or they would suddenly feel this 
total acceptance of the body and just crying and crying. And, and you know, there like a lot of things would be going on both in the workshop room and the concert. And we never documented it because I tried to keep the space very pure and without observation because I always felt that cameras and TV and observation influence the field. And I'd always want to keep it very pure, you know. So this was a wonderful way to do it where it was a kind of before and after. So then that that uh, promoted a, another idea of, wow, we've done it in a smaller space where we have, you know, like 500 people or something in the room. Let's take it to a really big concert hall and see can we create the same kind of uh, space and healing effect um, and bring the concert idea together and the meditation idea where I'm using the voice uh, and working through the layers of consciousness because as people will see, if they go and explore in YouTube or on my Paraquad uh, website, every song addresses something that we go through in the psyche as women. Some problem, some trauma, some challenge, some virus that we carry you know, in our emotional psyche, like for example, disconnections from the earth or trying to be a good girl and being good and nice to be loved or um, birthing or shame in the in the yoni, for example, in our sexuality. There's so many different things about opening to conscious lovemaking and this is all part of the first stage of what I built into the concert. So I'm taking people through that emotional landscape and then dropping them into deep states of meditation using these particular um, types of soundtracks and voice live in the concert hall. And this is where it gets really interesting because we've got 6,000 people in the room and we have a very new technology, which is it's an auric field reader, but it's then sent into a projector. And so I have a live video uh, videographer there in the room and an auric field reader, and they're feeding to each other then he's projecting it onto a massive screen. So as I'm singing, you can see the auric field responding on a massive screen um, in all of these patterns and colors. So the audience totally get this experience that they are not just a physical body because you can see, uh, because I'm projected with a camera, you can see my physical body and then you can also see the moving auric field as I'm singing. So it was the first time that this is really, and well, perhaps the only time ever it's been done on the planet. And this is a program that I give, you know, a couple of times a year where I have you know, 6,000 people in the room um, because it's a very big event to, to put on. But, you know, of course, then for me, it was about bringing that understanding that, you know, you were speaking about in the beginning, that we are much bigger than the physical body. And uh, we're much more spacious than, than the density that the mind tries to trick us into. And sound is the quickest way to, and breath, of course, because breath always sets the fuel for sound. Breathing your own body into a state and breathing with the voice and using your own voice and my soundtrack, this is where I found that I could create a course for people where they can just put it in their head, their headphones in, sit at home and go into these states of deep healing, of deep rest 
and um, and they can do it in like 15 to 20 minutes. So that's where my work's kind of come to. Well, what a journey, Herkla, and um, and you know, as this unfoldment continues for you, and I'm sure it will continue <laughs> to unfold. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, because because there's you know, no there's no end end to learning. You know, there's no end to exploring yourself, exploring consciousness, exploring life. There's no end to it. It's not like you ever reach the point, okay, where I've I've achieved it, you know, because there's nothing to achieve because we keep learning every single day as long as we're in the body. And to understand that voice and, you know, in the experience um, that you're offering, whether it's in concert in a present time mm-hmm. or whether it's through a recording that people can plug into and listen to your the the um the, the unique spiritual energy that comes through you via your voice is actually mm-hmm. a frequency that has the ability to you know expand consciousness and in mm-hmm. in that way as, as consciousness expands, if you raise the vibration of the field and of the body, mm. then mm. Um, uh, you, you can hold the, the lower frequencies of fear, anger, trauma. They are released, in a sense. They're elevated to another frequency, which is how I kind of explain it and understand it. But whatever goes mm-hmm. on, <laughs> there's mm-hmm, change mm-hmm. in healing. <laughs> right? Exactly. <laughs> Exactly, because, you know, as long as we have a body, we have to learn how to master fear, how to master anger, um, how to master, you know, all these different human experiences. And as long as we live inside a world, the world that we currently have created is has many, many frequencies that are very destructive or distortive to both the consciousness and to the body itself. So we have to learn when we step into the world, we step onto our phone, you know, any time that we're touching these very very fast frequencies, the internet is very fast frequencies, not high frequencies, but they're very fast frequencies, and they create a lot of uh, density in the body because they're not very natural. They're not like natural nature frequencies. So we must learn how to clean out these frequencies and restore the healthy frequencies in the body. Mm. And that is daily practice. That is essential. Why we need a meditation practice using sound and breath in order to restore the healthy vibration to the body. This is fundamental to emotional health, to uh, physical health and uh spiritual health really and that's that's really I think is yes sorry go ahead well no I was just going to say as you're sharing that I mean it it was uh, a knowledge that was held in um, indigenous cultures in ancient ancient cultures this was a knowledge that was practiced in various sacred ways absolutely Absolutely. I mean, when I was about 25, maybe, I, I had a very strong 
genetic memory of my ancestry, and I had carried this power before in previous uh, mm-hmm. cycles. Yeah. So it, you know, it was no surprise that it switched on again. I was actually shown that it was going to switch on again uh, when I was about 25, and 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 what it actually was, you know, that it, these crystalline, very high frequencies have the power to totally clean. Uh, the field and shatter all illusions and uh, restore the harmony of the body and the lower frequencies and all their overtones have the power to clean out a lot of the traumas and the heaviness, you know, uh, and those lower dense energies of the body. So imagine I was shown that when I was 25. I had a memory of being in Atlantis at that time. But you know, I, I, I don't put too much emphasis on past because for me it's about presence and living. Like whatever I'm yes. speaking about should not be uh, etheric. It should be something that you can touch. You can go to my website right now and you can find something that I'm speaking about and start to use it in your daily life. Otherwise, it's of no value. Why would I, why would I need to speak about it if it's an etheric, you know, like esoteric, kind of principle. No, these things need to be lived. We need help on this planet right now to stay in the body, to connect with the body, to fall in love with the body, to learn how to really truly take care and maximize what our body can bring here when it's unified with the soul. So for example, this is a practical application. When I uh when COVID hit, people went into terrible fear and anxiety, you know, as this propaganda machine went crazy. And, uh, of course, there was real sickness there, but there was too much propaganda about really what it was. And so I created a practice there to help people restore their connection to their body, to their will center, because if the will center is switched off or is very weak, we lose trust in life. We lose our ability to be able to feel life and we lose that inner guidance, you know, from the soul. So switching on the will is an essential part of being in the world today because everybody wants your energy and everybody wants to take your will and direct it towards them. You know, that's that's kind of the way of the modern world. So in this practice, when the will was being sucked, fear was growing and sickness with it. I created a practice to restore the will and then to mm-hmm. activate it. And they're doing breathing practices, a 15-minute practice, and they're regrounding in the body. But at the end of that practice, they go into total receptivity of receiving this very powerful vocal soundtrack that restores the field of the body-soul connection, just restoring the whole auric field, the emotional field, uh, into a state of harmony, you know. And uh, when I created that, we had hundreds of thousands of people downloading. We made it for free. And um, that's an example. So that course is called From Stress and Anxiety to Inner Harmony. And it is still available uh, on my site. You know, but there's a lot of other uh, particular courses um, where I'm weaving those soundtracks into your daily practice. There's a feminine meditation practice, level one, for example, where women can go learn to breathe, learn to really grow into their body and be held by my voice. And they'll learn how to use their own voice to uh, clean out a lot of this heavy, thick, dense 
stressful energy in the body that disconnects us from our, our planet, disconnects us from the body and recognize uh, it, like really start to feel your voice and go, wow, I don't know, I had this power, but here it is. My voice can actually help me restore my own true big nature. Well, and daily, you know, <laughs> it's so profound what you are sharing. I just want to say that, um, that I had a memory when I was in third grade and we were doing an assembly mm-hmm. and my teacher came up to me very quietly behind and said, you can just mouth the words. And I remember going home so upset and crying, you know, because I couldn't sing. And I always carry that um, that that thought, you know, that I, I couldn't sing, I couldn't carry a tune, and I couldn't, you know, I really couldn't carry a tune, and it was really a frustration. I thought, oh, anything in the world I would love is to be able to sing. And uh, I had an experience in one of those plant medicine journeys where uh, I just tapped into the um, the grief of my matriarchal lineage, all these women who had mm. been um, unloved. They were unloved as children. Mm. They were unloved in their marriages. Mm. They were bitter women. Um, they were shut yeah. down. You know, and, and I knew that as far back as at least my great-grandmother. I don't know what's beyond that. But I was tapping mm. in, and I felt so much grief for these women who were mm. unloved. And, you know, my mother mm. and how it affected me. And I, I, mm. and I, I must have... I cried for hours in this state. Mm-hmm. And um, when I came out of that, I went into the ocean to swim and I, I don't know, started to sing. And it's like, oh my God, I have a totally mm. different voice now. Yes. Oh, that's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful story of reclaiming yourself, you know. And I, I work with thousands of women that have been through very, very similar experiences. Like, it's Sounds me how many people will have come to workshops over the years and say, I was told I can't sing. I was told to mouth the words, you know, I didn't get into the choir. <laughs> and some very deep trauma or even in the family household where the, where the brothers and sisters are to shut up and you can't sing, you know. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. everywhere because we we have such a, we have a culture that doesn't actually support the growth of the inner singer. You know, it's either you can sing or you can't sing. And that's that's not the truth because oftentimes I find that people who have the lack of ability to be able to sing in tune got shut down as a child. So it's, it's, it's an internal hearing that they blocked. They can't hear the external note because internally they've been shamed somehow. And when you mm-hmm. unpop that, it's like just literally almost popping something out of the consciousness like you did with your recognizing that it's quite deep in the in the matriarch in your lineage, then it's like that internal voice then re- restores and reconnects with the externalization or the actual voice that you hear. Mm-hmm. And that's the that's the type of uh emotional cleaning I've just done so much work with women because and I also find that, um, you know, when we've had these traumatic experiences, we often not just store them uh, in the internal hearing or in the actual throat, the ability of the voice, vocal cords to sing, but as women, we often internalize them also in the womb, in that deepest creative center. So 
I have practices where women start to sing from the womb. And sometimes I'll have a few hundred women in the room and uh, I take them to a process where another woman is holding the womb and I put one of those supersonic soundtracks I told you I, I use with my voice and they are sounding from their own womb using primal sound, not words, just what they feel. And what comes out of women is something phenomenal. And that kind of blockage that you encountered comes out without a doubt nearly every time. And the women will start to see, oh, it was my birth. Oh, it was when I birthed my babies. Oh, I feel my mother's pain. Oh, I feel my grandmother's. And it's almost as though what comes through returning the connection of the voice and the womb it's, it's, it's like you tap into, it's almost like a global uh, conditioning of woman's voice being shut down. And when it comes off, when it comes out, the sound is something phenomenal. If you heard a woman sounding, a room sounding like this, it's something mind-blowing. I remember <laughs> one guy, he was uh, supporting my workshop, and he was bringing lunch for the women and he heard this sound about 50 meters away from the workshop. It was so loud. And he just stopped in his tracks and he said, I couldn't physically walk any further. And I was just shocked at the sound, you know, <laughs> because that's, that's how, much, how power we carry inside of us. And that's also how much blockage is in woman's body. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's so much healing that needs to be done now to allow us to reconnect to that true, you know, power, that true spiritual essence that we are. This is the journey of awakening that we are all on right now, and you have your unique gifts that are facilitating that. I just, uh, you know, we only have a couple of minutes left, but I, I'm just curious. I know you're um, you're on your way to do a concert in Siberia. I'm just so curious. Uh, what's going on in Siberia? You know, you just don't know. <laughs> Absolutely. We have no idea. This is like a blank slate, a black hole. What? What is? Where are you going there, and why, and for whom? (laughs) So so I know that a a lot of people think that Siberia is just trees and bears, and that's it, you know. But the truth is, there's many cities in Siberia, and I do uh, three cities in Siberia: Novosibirsk. Is the, is the very center of Russia and the very center of uh, Siberia. So I do a concert workshop with women there. Then I go to another place with one of the biggest rivers I've ever seen on the planet and so much power. Uh, and that's another city. Well, when I say city, I mean hmm, that city's got about a million people. The first city has roughly the same. And then I will go to another city um, called Banaul. It's in a place called the Altai, which is one of the most powerful places on earth, I have to say. It is one of the places where the most concentration of healing herds exists per uh, per hectare, you know, in a space. And you have to understand these places are huge. Like the Siberian taiga, which is the forest there, is huge. But life is going on in these places. Uh, for example, the last city I mentioned, there's many, many people who live there who are living a very much uh, more connected lifestyle to the earth. Uh, they still go to work. They still live in the cities, but they love this nature. you know. And uh, the second city I mentioned 
is is an ecological kind of disaster city. Like the air is not clean and everything in this city. And the first city is like it's next to one of the greatest scientific cities on Earth. It's, there's this particular city, and 20 kilometers away is a city that was created in the Soviet Union time, and it's just a city of scientists, can you imagine, that have been doing all kinds of scientific explorations for, I don't know, maybe 60, 60 years, 80 years maybe. And uh, in these uh, cities, I will uh, also be testing. I have like a heart uh, scientists and things who will be putting monitors on people in the concert. There'll be some brain testing because I have access to these types of scientists. It's very exciting and uh, we'll get more and more and more results. And as I'm finding that as these scientists are revealing things, because they're not just straight scientists, Ex-Soviet scientists have this very interesting thing. They're extremely well scientists. They're extremely well trained in science, but they have this, uh, how to say, this relationship to Slavic culture, which means there's a value of earth, there's a value of herbology, uh, there's a value of technological advancement, of bioresonance, of using uh, equipment to monitor the body. So these are not just straight-up scientists, and that's a lot of that is going on. Uh, in Siberia, uh, in terms of the value system is very, very different. There's no FDA there, like controlling the exploration of health, of science, etc. So when you go to the drugstore, for example, there's a huge shelf of herbal teas, um, of the herbal funguses, for example, not herbal funguses, but funguses used for health conditions mm-hmm. that... Some of them you know about in America, like chaga, mushroom, or uh, reishi, etc. And this is a part of life. So people drink herbal, huge, huge uh, pots of herbal tea and things, and incredible honeys. Like there's amazing honeys with these bees that are, live through very, very cold winters. And so there's a myriad of uh, healthy honeys and bee products you've probably never even heard of in in America, and I know we haven't in Australia. Uh, so there's a lot going on in Siberia. It's a very rich and interesting place with wonderful people, I have to say. Very, very uh, well, inquiring I'm, people. I'm so glad I asked because you would never have known what goes on in Siberia. And I wish we had more time, but we, we're at the end of this fascinating conversation. I do okay. want people to know your website. Um, so mm-hmm. it's Paraquas name. And I will spell it. It's P-E-R like Peru and Q-U-O-I-S like Qua, like I think you said Iroquois, but Qua, mm-hmm. very French, com. just one name. And through that website. And even if, even if you misspell it, you'll get there. <laughs> okay. No problem. Yeah. Okay, good. Um, yeah, and there's so much great information, her workshops, her programs, her music. Um, what, what a what a treasure trove of healing healing potential there. So go check it out. I've got to go. We're at the end of the hour. And until next time, thank you, Paraquat. Thank you all for listening. And uh, may your week be filled with love, peace, and harmony. This is Dr. Cheryl Selman. You've been listening to The Love Code. Talk to you next week. Bye for now.